Everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of That's So Fetch, where we talk about Torah, dating, and everything in between. I am so excited to finally be here with my guest, Esty Schwartz. Hello, everyone. We have been trying to get this episode together kind of like all of last week and rescheduling because of coronavirus and how it's been affecting, you know, she teaches at YU, I work at Westchester Day School, so we both have direct contact that's a terrible joke we yeah, both it's, have it's, direct contact. it's basically the end of days it's, that's how it feels it's a time it's definitely a time but we're here to talk about dating so Woo-hoo. we're just gonna jump right in and I'm gonna have Esty talk about herself Esty wrote a book that I read we're both holding it in hand it's called cautiously pessimistic an illustrated novel and it's really good and I'm not going to spoil oh, it. So we're just going to go into detail about the nuances of the book. Yeah, yeah, and if anyone wants a copy, I'm selling it out of my apartment in Washington Heights. And yes. And Rebecca can... Yay! Yeah, Let's just get right into it. So tell us about yourself, your religious background, and your dating journey. How have you gone on dates? Like, how have you managed the battlefield out there? <laughs> it's it's a rough go. Um, so I am from the Upper West Side originally. I grew up there, um, and I went to YU and uh, you know Stern. Yes, yeah, same school. Woo woo. Yeah. Um, I started dating at about the I want to say twenty years old. I think I've dated about eighty guys by now. I'm twenty six. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, it's crazy when you put a number to it. It's almost yeah. like alarming. <laughs> Maybe not 80. I think it was, like, closer to 65. It's hard to know. So I did keep a count until um, my older brother was getting married. And he he married the first girl that he dated. And he, um, and I mentioned the number. And he's like, you know, Esty, it's not really great. Like, if you, keeping track, it's not a good way to, like, stay happy. You're just going to make yourself bitter. And I'm like, I see. fuck you. you. You're marrying the first girl you dated. You don't know my pain. Oh my and God. then I'm like, actually. But then when he walked away, I'm like, he's actually correct. And, like, keeping track of all the times I've been hurt um, is not actually going to help me make healthy relationships. So I, I then stopped counting. But I once did the math and averaged it out. And I, um, thank God, not getting set up has not been a problem in my life. Um, mm-hmm. I know that it really is a struggle for a lot of people. I... Um, have um, a very proactive family, and uh, my my mother has very proactive friends, and I have wow. really great friends who have um, set me up a bunch. And I realize that I've probably gone out with about ten guys a year, mm-hmm. and I except like maybe a little bit more than that, depending on the year. And um, yeah, and I started dating when I was twenty. I'm now twenty six. So roughly 65 That makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Not for a very long time. Most of them are probably like one to three dates. I've gone out with three guys up to seven times. Mm -hmm. So that's that's like two months. Yeah. Um, Currently dating someone. um, It'll be six months in about a week. So exciting. Um, So that's part of my dating journey. Are you going to celebrate? Yeah. See what happens. And see if he's listening to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You better have something planned for her. Yeah. uh, Nudge, nudge. (laughs) Yeah. And 
Um, it has definitely been a ride. I am modern orthodox. Um, my book is definitely from a modern orthodox perspective. Um, by that, I mean modern orthodox means different things to different people. Mm -hmm. um, I have dated Shomer Nakia for all of these years. Um, try to keep the halacha as best as possible. Um, you know, but like I go on movie dates. Those are probably my fave. Movie dates? Yeah, really I love what? a movie date. I just love sitting really close to someone and enjoying movies. Um, wow, I Even if you're not, like, actually touching. touching? Yeah. But it's, I'm, like, the fact that you're, like, close. Yeah, like, physically close in a space. You and think it, it definitely, like, makes a difference. Yeah, and I also love movies. Like, movies are just one of the funnest things for me to enjoy. Mm -hmm. So, like, I like sharing that with someone. Yeah. And the best dates are the ones where, like, you're enjoying the activity itself. So I feel like the person really sees, like, the best side of you. Yeah. So, like, my current boyfriend likes hiking a lot. So mm -hmm. now I like hiking. Oh, cool. Um, because, like, I get to see him in a place where he's so happy and I like being that way. So, and then, like, like, be, like he'll tell me what he loves about hiking. And I'm like, wow, hiking sounds amazing. What an amazing thing that someone could spend their time doing. And now, like, I like hiking. Tell us, you know, listeners who haven't read the book, what it is, why you wrote it, how you wrote it, like, you know, you sure. learned the program, etc. Okay, so I... And the process of writing. Yeah, yeah. So I have a, a Master's of Fine Arts from the School of Visual Arts, mm -hmm. and my degree is in Visual Narrative, which really just means storytelling with pictures and words. Um, great program. It's very happy there. And um, for my thesis, we had to come up with a story. Um, that was represented using pictures and words together. So everyone wrote a book, basically. Most people actually wrote comic books, like 40-page mm -hmm. comics, that's the standard, but we had another person make an interactive um, media presentation, someone else did a game, cool. um, another person wrote an illustrated novel, but yeah, most people did write comic books, that's probably the most standard. Um, I had had this story in my head and inside my heart, for a few years since I was at Stern, mm. um, I had been thinking about the character. The protagonist of the book is a, a guy by the name of Hani Hart. Mm -hmm. um, gender identity is a big part of his character. Um, he goes by a commonly used girl's name. and Yeah, but his full name is actually Hananel, but when he was yeah. a kid, he got given this nickname Hani, so there's a part of the book where he's kind of embarrassed by that name. Yeah, but he's, like, come, it's a part of him. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I had that character in my, like, in my head and heart um, since I was at Stern, and then when I was at SVA, I had um, an opportunity to write the book, so I did. And um, so part of the journey of it was, it's like, we had to come up with, a, um, like, a what, like, yeah. what the story's about. And just tell us a little bit about, like, the basic plot. Yeah, so the basic plot is Connie Hart is looking for a wife. I guess I can read the back. Yeah, I, why I, not? Let's do I it. I wrote a sum up of it so I can read it. Yeah, so, this is great. Connie Hart is a 25-year-old Orthodox Jew ready to get married. Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> However, finding a wife has been harder than he ever expected. To cope with his disappointment, and also because it's something fun to follow with his two sisters, Connie has been reading an anonymous blog about the trials and tribulations of Jewish dating. Dear Jane Does. Tamar Adelson is Jane Does. Though she has no dating experience of her own, she has been running a dating advice column for the past year and a half. When Connie and Tamar get set up, Connie has no idea who Tamar really is, and Tamar has no idea how to tell him. As they grow closer, both Connie and Tamar are forced to reconcile their expectations with the relationship they actually have. Mm. 
yeah, so that's what's uh, what the book's about. Um, yeah. Um, so part of writing it, so like that paragraph came, that like blurb come, came at the end of having written it, mm-hmm. um, but I had to come up with the characters, make them seem believable. Yeah. Um, I was writing this for a predominantly non-Jewish crowd, so I had to make the world of an of Orthodox Jews seem very real. They had a lot of yeah. questions about Shomer and they're like, well, wouldn't it just like make more sense for them to kiss in this scene? I'm like... I'm sure that would add to the tension, but it would not be real for the characters. Like right. they just would not do that. They'll think about kissing each other, but they don't actually. They won't do it. Yeah. Um, like that's not the story you're trying to portray. Right. Um, yeah. That's like, really not how it works. Yes. So so then I had to come up with that, and then I made that one, and then I, you know, wrote the book, made the illustrations. I'm simplifying a years long miserable process but it yeah. came out with this book, and um, then I, I edited it. It was worth it. Yeah, yeah, Baruch Hashem. Thank God. Um, I had a lovely, terrific um, editor. Her name is Lauren Rosenthal, who worked with me on this book, and I had a colorist, um, Katie Silver, and her friend Brittany Smith help me color cool. the pictures, which sounds funny because they're in grayscale. But, but like, to make sure... Sh- like, they added the values oh, to really it. Oh, cool. So, like, I drew the lines, and they added the value. Um, Very cool. Just for anyone who hasn't seen the book, the way that it functions is um, there's every chapter mm-hmm. has text and um, and illustrations in it. So like the text will drop away and the book will continue through with with pictures. Yeah. And the pictures are there to convey mood and tone mm-hmm. um, and make it more exciting. And the pictures are great on. because if you're if you're listening and you're a stern person or a New York City person, you can totally recognize like Brookdale and. YU and Stop and Shop, Dave and Buster's, just like very close to home places. Even this suburban <laughs> home that I'm looking at right now is like, it just feels like West you've Texas. seen that house yeah. like over and over again. Yeah, and shout out to the Siegel family, Malka Siegel's family um, <laughs> in West Hempstead let me use their house for reference. It's actually Super amazing. generous of them. But yeah, um, and what's really cool about the book, if you didn't catch from the blurb that we read is that Tamar basically has this like dating advice column and the guy Hani is always reading up on every time that she posts so like she posts on Tuesday nights and he's reading up and reading up and like he loves her stuff he like lives for it then he ends up going on dates with this girl and he like casually mentions it like oh yeah so like this dating column that I follow and she's like oh which column and he says it and like in her head she's like holy crap, like, that's me. And she just, you know, has to be like, so, um, so what do you like about this Yeah, like, tell me more, but also I don't know what to do. And I'm not going to ruin the book, basically, but, you know, obviously at some point everything gets discovered and there's a whole, like, blah, 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 not getting into more detail, you have to read it, but that's basically, like, the premise of the book. And when I first heard it and I was like, oh, my God, Rebecca, like, you have a dating podcast. (laughs) But but the difference is that, you know, obviously mine's not anonymous. So if anyone ever said that they listened to my podcast, I would be like, that's mine. You know, right. it wouldn't be like, which podcast? <laughs> like, but I just thought it was like really relatable off that note from like having, doing something creative that's like separate from yourself, but also like is yourself and how that translates into dating. Right. I think something that she struggles with is which version of herself she really is. Yeah. Like, is she the 
like, is she the real version of herself who's Tamar Adelson, or is she the fictional version? Like, how real is that fictional version? Right. And I think to her... That part's really interesting. Right, like, she blends them together pretty, pretty well. Like, she doesn't really separate them, and, like, she'll just think that it's totally chill. Like, it's just a, a version of her of herself, but, like, I think that she doesn't understand um, Hani, like, not realizing that. Like, that he thinks of Jane does as someone who's entirely separate from her. And that's something that they have to deal with. Right. Also, because the advice that she gives from Jane does is based off of, like, stories. Like, it's not all based off of her own experience. Like, she's not like a, oh, here's my dating advice because I've had this experience. Like, she'll give advice from other people's perspectives in mm-hmm. addition to her own. So when, you know, Hani finds out, he's like, so confused because he's like has she he's just he he freaks out yeah I think him (laughs) which makes sense because like can you imagine like being such a fan of this blog and then like yeah it's relatable to me which is not surprising since I wrote it but I find that it's very easy for me to like just lose lose it and just be like okay it's over (laughs) yeah call it off (laughs) yeah let's call the whole thing off and and just like get really anxious about something and like something will change and I'm like well what do I do now and just like totally freak out and it's just um it's just a rough rough going but that's part of uh part of life and relationships definitely did you find it therapeutic to like write this book um having dated all these different guys (laughs) that gave you your inspiration yes and no um I found the book very difficult to write actually Mm -hmm. um because of what because of like the process yeah, I just think writing is really hard. Yeah. And people talk about that as if it's, like, really hard. And, and I'm like, eh, it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Like, that's in, an incredibly arrogant attitude that I used to have. And mm. writing is incredibly difficult. And yeah. just, like, putting your soul out on paper for other people to evaluate is really hard. And, like, I mean, I've written a bunch of fan fiction in mm-hmm. my day. Um, and Love that it. was really easy because... Really? Yeah, because I was just writing it for complete fun. Most of the time, I didn't even share it with anyone other than my sister. Mm-hmm. I think I posted two short stories on fanfics mm-hmm. as, on Archive of Our Own. And, like, those were also really fun because, like, who cares if they're good? And I was right. like, they weren't really my own ideas. They were my take on someone else's. But, like, to write your own ideas is really vulnerable. Yeah. Like, these are things that I really do think. Not everything. Some of the things in the book are things that, I, that I've thought of, and then I'm like, that's wrong. So I put it in the book and made it seem wrong. Mm. But, like, I, everything in this book is something that I have thought at one time or another. And it's just, it's a really difficult process to, yeah. so like, because you have to come to concrete conclusions about things to write them down, and you have mm-hmm. to be honest and vulnerable, because if you aren't, your book's not going to be interesting. And right. so, like, taking, basically everything in this book has happened to either me or friends of mine, mm-hmm. mostly me. But a lot of, and like, and just reconfigured in a way that, that works for the narrative. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's hard. But it was really meaningful, I think. What did you find meaningful about it after the fact? Like now connecting with people and like, what kind of conversations have you had with people after writing it and people reading it? Yeah, so I think that the meaningful thing um, is part of the hard thing, which is being vulnerable with people. And it's, like, it gave me an opportunity to show my soul to people. Mm-hmm. Be like, this, these are the things that I think, and this, um, and here, please read it and tell me if you agree. And a lot of the times people um, take their own um, take on it, which mm-hmm. I think is really great. Um, 
uh, I think hearing people have perspectives on it that are not the same as mine is really meaningful to me and interesting because I feel like if people can come up with their own conclusions then you've written a really rich story or yeah. a mildly rich an adequately rich story and um so that's been really meaningful that's I think awesome. I think like you know representation matters so I've I've gotten from people they're like it's so great to see a story that like yeah. I feel represented in mm-hmm. and I've also um, had some non-Jewish people read it and they're like wow I feel like I really understand this community and I feel like really wow. included and that was really meaningful. That's awesome. I found it really meaningful when men read the book mm-hmm. because, like, rom-coms are typically written for women. Yeah. For women. Um, but I think that that's kind of limiting. And, like, this has a male protagonist, so I like to see what yeah. they think. Was it hard to go into, like, a male character? Um, not really, in that I think gender is a social construct, mm-hmm. and I truly believe that men and women have more in common than they don't, and I think that the things that trip us up are social constructs. Like, I think that Hani Hart and I are very similar. Okay, so was he kind of, like, based off of you? Yeah, like, okay. his, his life is not the same as mine, and his, uh, but, and, like, the things that he's anxious about are not the same as mine, but, like... The degree that he has anxiety is very similar to me, mm-hmm. and, like, his, the way that he approaches a situation is very similar to mine. I've actually found, um, they're, we're not as similar as I thought. <laughs> You're like, I have discovered that me and my character are more different than we have realized. Yeah, the character like, uh, I created. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that we were as different as we are, um, but, um, but he is definitely... Um, a version of myself that, like, I thought that I would be like. Yeah. And, um, and, like, but, but because he's a guy having similar characteristics to me, like, I think one of my best qualities is that I'm compassionate mm-hmm. and that I think a lot. And for men, that doesn't always translate so well for their popularity. Right. So, um, so he struggles with his sexuality and his gender identity in a way that I never have to. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know what, I want to take a step back and say that he does not struggle with his sexuality because that's not really a part of this book. Yeah. Um, he's straight. I suppose he could be bisexual. It's not really a part of the story at all. Yeah, it's not. Um, and that's only important for me to say because I think that sexual identity and gender identity are two different struggles and both of them so you're saying this like irrespective of Connie Hart but this is how you feel yeah like this is definitely how I feel and I think that there are definitely spaces to talk about both things but sometimes especially in rom-coms um characters who are like queer coded Mm -hmm. um are assumed to be gay like there was someone who was critiquing the book in my class who was like saying that she read it waiting for it to be a coming out story where like Connie like came out of the closet and I'm like that's just not part of the story like yeah like I think that ha- struggling with your gender is a really rough thing to do mm-hmm. um and it's just a different thing so yeah, yeah can so, you give us some examples of like how Connie struggled with his gender like in the book for those of us who haven't read it yeah sure so Connie is very sensitive uh-huh. um he um, has a really rough time being teased. Um, he cares a lot about his appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, he, which are just like things that are more associated with men and women. It was important to me that he have actual qualities of like that were more associated with women as opposed to like he likes to bake, so he must be girly. Like he really like he thinks and um, 
like incessantly and he um he's just really sensitive but like he's also really open to vulnerability and he's compassionate and he's kind and these qualities are usually associated with the feminine mm-hmm. um which is hard for him because like he has an older brother in the book who's like his like antagonist like yeah. the person he's always like, he just hates how much impact his brother has on him. Like, his brother's, like, that typically masculine guy mm-hmm. who, like... Had it easy. Who, in Hani's perspective, had it easy. And, yeah. like, his brother's, like, kind of neat and insensitive. But yeah, in a is. way that is acceptable for a lot of men to be. And, and siblings. And siblings, yeah. Like, it's really quite acceptable for siblings to be so mean to each other. Yeah. Um, oftentimes. Definitely and, realistic there. Yeah. So... So, like, that is a struggle for him. And mm-hmm. what makes that different for me is that, like, as a woman, I'm allowed to be all of those things and also be masculine. Like, I'm allowed to be assertive and want yeah. to have a job, and society celebrates that masculinity in women in a way that it doesn't celebrate sensitivity and vulnerability in men. And that was really important to me to write about. Um, yeah. That's I, a really interesting point. I feel like when I read the book, like, I understood it subconsciously, but I didn't fully get the meaning so I'm so glad to be like sitting here with you and understanding that part um it actually made me feel like Hani was like more relatable I was like Mm -hmm. oh like so like guys actually think the same way as girls and like they're also thinking about things and they're not just like not thinking about it and like I'm sure like I have examples in my dating life of like where I saw that guys actually were thinking where I like you know didn't answer for a while and then they when I did this one guy was like, oh my god, like, you gave me a heart attack, and I'm like, oh, like, you're a guy, you're supposed to, like, not let any of this get under your skin ever, but, like, Mm -hmm. it's not true, you know, like, I think you're right, guys probably do operate more similarly, differently than we think. Well, I also think that there are girls who don't think about things as incessantly as I do. Like, I have... It's a spectrum on both ends. Yeah, like, I do think that there is something to, like, you know, this is... Like, this is a woman's take on a, a guy, and there, one per, one guy who read it was like, wow, that's the most feminine guy I've ever read. And I'm like, you know what, I am handicapped. I am a woman writing a man's, man's perspective. But I've had other men tell me, they're like, this was so relatable to me. Yeah. And I think that it is not, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to represent the male perspective. I'm trying to represent this character. Yeah. And, like, this character feels this way. Yeah. And it's hard for him to feel this way. Yeah. Feelings are so hard. So there's a part of the book where Hani and Tamar get in a fight and Tamar says that the Shidduch system favors men over women. And I just thought that was an interesting take and wanted to dive into that part of the book. Um, The Shidduch system favors men. This is Tamar speaking. And makes women feel like old milk with an expiration date who have to make big decisions at a young age in a short amount of time. You know that it's hard to be a woman in the Shidduch system. Has it been so hard for you? Hani asked. He didn't sound petty or snide. He sounded really deeply hurt. Was being set up with me so bad? No, Tamar stammered. Hani and his glassy eyes were making this much more confusing for her. It's hard to be anyone in the Shidduch system, Hani said. It's hard to be anyone at all. Mm. Stop, Tamar said. She could feel the emotion on his face. It was a strange feeling. She wondered if this is what Hani felt like all the time. You know you're not being fair. Think of your sisters. Think of how hard of a time they've had dating. I am thinking of my sisters, Hani said. I'm thinking about Meira, my oldest sister, who married the first guy she dated. And Shira, who does have a pretty hard time getting set up. But I'm also thinking of Sophie, 
who goes out all the time but still ends up not getting a second date, even though she's smart and funny and beautiful. And I'm thinking of me, who dating completely sucked for until I met you. He rubbed his face with his palms. Dating is hard for everyone, not just Jews and not just women. Such an interesting point. So let's unpack that. Does the shidduch system favor men over women? I think the the takeaway that I want people to get from the book, and it really comes out in that passage, is that um, in order to find each other, we need to be compassionate and understand Mm -hmm. that other people have pain, even if we aren't privy to it or if we don't see it in our lives. Like, their pain exists, and we need to be compassionate towards each other. Yeah. And I think compassion is the is the bridge between us. And especially in the dating, like, shit off dating system. We just need to be understanding of each other's needs. Yeah. yeah. And just not assume that we have it the hardest. I don't know if, like, I necessarily had that, like, at the forefront of my brain, but I'm definitely going to think about it. Because it's never good to go into dating <laughs> thinking you're, like, the one who has it the worst, you right. know? It just, like, becomes really antagonistic. Like, right. you, can't, you can't make a relationship with someone if you feel antagonistically towards them. <laughs> they're like... You, they're like, you don't have a chance. You, like, right. <laughs> it's like, okay, you don't want to do this, then we don't have to do it. Yeah, like, I've just looked back on so many dates that I had before writing this book, and I'm like, yeah, I was really antagonistic towards that guy. Wow. Like, I don't think I was the right one in that. Like, if... Mm-hmm. Like, I've definitely had stories where I'm, like, I could tell you some, like, pretty crappy things that happened to me, and they're pretty funny. But then there are the stories where I'm, like, I was the bad one on that date. Like, I don't think I'm a bad person, but I'm the one who made that date difficult. And I'm the reason, like, he wasn't, he didn't break up with me arbitrarily. Yeah, what do you think, what did you do in those examples that was bad? Oh, so this is a, okay, this is one of my funnier stories. And I feel good about telling it because he's married. So... (laughs) I don't feel badly, but there was this guy who I went out with, um, and just as a premise, I'm kind of a romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a rom-com, and uh, I watch about a rom-com a week, so that's not so surprising. Um, but <laughs> it's a good anyway, stat. yeah, right. I haven't in a while, but while I was writing this book, I was re- watching a rom-com a week just to like stay in the zone, mm-hmm. and I was reading a bunch of romantic novels. So um, I'm a romantic, and, and like so, funny. Yes, yes, another feminine quality we have in common. And we also both cry a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's very acceptable for me and less so for him. Mm-hmm. And fine, so I was going on this, I was going on a third date with someone who seemed really into me, who I just did not like. Like, I just did not like him. But we were at my most favorite dessert, and my most favorite dessert gives out postcards. Okay, cute. And, um... And so, like, I was just feeling really romantic. So I oh, okay. wrote him a postcard sitting across from this guy who I didn't like. And and I wrote, Dear X, um, <laughs> thank literally. you for getting the... Oh, literally. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But, yeah, just to not say his name. Um, Dear X, thank you for the ribbon mousse. It was delicious. I'm having a great time. Love always. SD. And then Uh-oh. because I carry stamps, because I'm the kind of person who carries stamps, I... I addressed it to him on the date we walked somewhere else and on the way i put it in the mailbox this was the second date i went on a third date with him after oh, okay, because fine. i had done this to him i'm like i knew that i didn't like him while i was doing that and like that's 
Like, like why did I do I that? Doing? What was I doing? Like, like that's not nice. And like yeah. when I think of how he tells that story over, I imagine being like, yeah, when I was this girl, she like really confused me because she gave me signs that she liked me, and then she just broke up with me. I'm oh my like, gosh. wait, so you got? Did he get the postcard? What happened? Yeah, I'm sure he got the postcard. Like, unless the mail is bad. But, like, but you ended it after I, yes. having sent the postcard. So I sent the postcard, and then afterwards, I'm like, I have to go on another date with this guy who I know I don't want to go out with. But, like, I can't not go out with him. I feel honor-bound to go out with him. So we went on a third date, mm-hmm. and he supposedly had a great time, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And then I broke up with him after the third date. And I just, like, imagine how, like, he must have been really confused. Yeah. You know? And then, but, like, that's not an, an I wonder anti- if he got the postcard after or before. Oh, uh, that'd be really funny. But, um. Like, after the fact, you'd be like, this. <laughs> how tragic. <laughs> you know? Um, I'm curious if you would say, like, in terms of your type, would you say that guys like Connie, like, were more sensitive are your type, or, like, more masculine, like, generally, do do you feel like over your course of dating you have found, like, a type of guy that you're sort of into? Um, I definitely have a type, and... It's always like, oh, no. <laughs> no, it's funny. I know who it is. There was, there was a guy who I dated a few years back, um, who was into me, who I broke up with, mm-hmm. and... And, um, and a few months ago, he got engaged to someone, and I was eating a Shabbos meal with, some, with them, and she really reminded me a lot of myself. Freaky, and I'm like, freaky moment. He has a type. Like, that's, it felt so weird to me, but the truth is, I also have a type. He wasn't right. it, but, yeah. um, yeah, I feel like I do find myself more uh, attracted towards sensitive people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm a little fragile, mm-hmm. and I, I... I relate to people who are a little fragile as well. Um, I find, I think it would be very difficult for me to be in a relationship with someone who is too much like Hani and that he's very much like me. Mm-hmm. So, like... Do you if, want a balance? Yeah, I think people are supposed to balance each other out. And um, I feel like I'm enough of me. Do you think you have a type of, like, looks-wise or not really? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, not, I mean, I guess Hani, I was drawing him that way because it was easy and I'm not the most skilled of a drawer since I was kind of new to drawing comics when I started this book. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Connie's cute, for the record. If anyone's curious about... He's like a sweetie. He looks like he he could be... He looks like... Nice. He's... Yeah, he's a sweetheart. You know, like he's... he's, It's weird to describe the attractiveness level of like essentially like a cartoonish sort of character, but... Tamar's cute, too. They're both pretty cute. Thanks. They, um, A good-looking couple, I guess, I could say. <laughs> they're, they're supposed... Like, Hani is supposed to, like, be really, like, sweet and approachable. Mm-hmm. I do like approachable guys. I don't like people who make me work too hard. Mm. I'm like, I don't like to make someone work hard to get to know me. I don't want someone to make it a game. I'm like, just make it easy. Be approachable. Be accessible. Yeah. That is... I feel like I like guys who look accessible, mm-hmm. that's, that's not nice. You look accessible. What's your <laughs> name? I feel like that's actually like a good pickup line in a way, you know? Yeah, but also so hurtful. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, you look attainable. <laughs> it's basically like You're telling a someone seven. like, you are average. So let's chat. <laughs> I, think, I think that you are someone that could... Potentially, and they're like, "Thank you." But um, also, maybe not. But also, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to try that for the sake of like content creation. You wait, know, try it. Perm parties. <laughs> you look super accessible. 
<laughs> Let's see where this goes. Yeah, I like, wanted to cover some of our favorite That's So Quetch questions, i.e. one of them being a bad date. If you have any bad date stories for us. Yeah, and I can even keep it short. Uh, I think my most memorably funny bad date story was someone took me to Nui Dewey. Nui Dewey. Nui Dewey. Nui Dewey. Whatever. However people say it. Life is too short to pronounce that, that restaurant's name correctly. So true. So <laughs> someone took me to Nui Dewey and I was looking at the menu and um, like a polite person, this was a second date, mm-hmm. I didn't want to get anything too expensive, but also my favorite thing on the Nui Dewey menu happens to be a salad mm-hmm. now I don't whatever so I ordered so the the guy comes over and I order a salad and he looks at me and he says are you really the type of girl who gets salad on a date he said that he said that to me and two years earlier I would have just like brushed it off but I was just like feeling antagonistic so I looked at him and I said are you really the type of guy who judges a girl based on what kind of food she orders she orders at a restaurant? What did he say? And he didn't really say anything. And it was a really awkward date. Yeah. He, he was like, you know, you can order something more expensive. You don't have to get a salad. And I'm like, I'm getting what I want to get. Like, what? what's it to you? Wow. And he <laughs> sounds like he was the more antagonistic one in this situation, if yes. I might say so. Yes. So it was really funny and kind of harmless. Yeah. Um, which is why I like telling it. But do you think that that, like, interaction prefaced the awkwardness of the day would have been awkward regardless? I don't know. It's hard to say. Right. The first date was pretty good. But, like, <laughs> this date was was awkward. I just yeah. didn't care about anything he said after that. And I just, like, paid kind of, like, three-fourths of my attention to him. Mm-hmm. Um, the salad was terrific. Obviously. I still get it every time I go there. What salad is it? Uh, it has, like, pecans and sweet potatoes, oh, and nice. you can add avocado if you have enough money in your bank account <laughs> at, at the, the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's payday or not. Yeah. We can't talk about like, finances. kale, <laughs> I think. Nice. It it's a very refreshing salad. That sounds it's very great. filling. Yeah. He shouldn't have judged you for that salad. It sounds like a great salad. It's great. Yeah. Moving swiftly along, this is a big question that someone brought up on Instagram. Shout out to you. Um, not going to out you, but I thought it was a great question. I want to ask it on this episode. How do you see life changing after you get married? What are your expectations for how the relationship is going to change? I really don't know. <laughs> like, I, I... Hands up in the air. I don't have an answer for I you. I have such a hard time answering that because, like, I'm really happy right now mm-hmm. in my independent life, like, living in the Heights yeah. and, like... I have roommates who I really get along with, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, like, I finally learned how to cook enough food for myself without having too much left over. Good. Um, and, like, it's how an to, art. And, like, how to grocery shop without food going bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that life will be kind of the same, except that I'll be living with someone else yeah. who I love. Like, it won't be your roommates, it'll be your husband. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, like... You know, we'll watch TV together. Like, I do that with my roommates now. And, right. You know, and I think that, you It'll know, It'll still think, be, like, day to day. Yeah, and I think that we'll still, I think that e- the part of my life that will get easier is making Shabbos plans. Oh, so true. Yeah. I, I guess I like to think of what's going to be easier. Like, the things that are going to be different is that I won't have to have three milks in the fridge. We'll just have one. Why? Because all of my roommates buy their own milk. 
Oh, right. And, like, when we're living... Like, labeling. You're not labeling things when you're married. So, I feel like when we're married, I won't have to have Splitwise, which is a great app for roommates. And... (laughs) And imagining, like... I'm imagining, like, a Venmo request from your husband. Like, $2, cleaning supplies. You know? And you're, like, yeah, and you're, like... You do realize we're married. Like, right, we didn't share this. <laughs> so, I feel like the thing that, like, I'm Like, we're not separate people here. Like, we went through a marriage together. Like, this is a team. This is a team. Um, I'm imagining my friend listening to this and being like, there is so much more to marriage. Than just split lines. <laughs> we're over here like, oh, Venmo will be easier not to handle. Ooh, I bye. Think, <laughs> I think it's just hard to imagine what marriage will be like. Yeah. Especially because I'm really happy right it's now. It's so hard. Especially, like, like, you're so enveloped in your life. So it's hard to imagine, like, turning it on its side and having a whole new life. Something that I've been thinking about is this common trope that people will say sometimes about relationships, that they happen organically, that if it's the right person, it just flows, everything happens very easily. And, you know, if you're curious if someone likes you or not, like... You just know. It's all just very clear and obvious. And I don't... So I wanted to ask Esty what her thoughts are on that sentiment. So I, I completely disagree with that out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 and they can still be... Yeah. Yeah. So I think that... And I, I'm going to say this. Um, we were talking about my book before. I'm going to bring it back to that. Yeah, um, I thought that if I had a good story with characters that I cared about, mm-hmm. it would be easy to write. Mm-hmm. I was really arrogant. I I assumed that it would not be hard. And and then I like at and at every step of the way it was hard. So I thought when I was doing the the character building and world building that like that was gonna be the hardest part. Like actually writing and drawing the book wouldn't be so hard, but like getting my professors and my classmates to understand the world that I was trying to convey, like that was the hard part. Mm-hmm. And then I finished it. And I got to the outlining, and I'm, like, coming up with a story that, like, it's cohesive and interesting from start to end. That's, like, the hardest part to, like, come up with a plot Mm -hmm. and theme. But, like, the writing, it shouldn't be so hard. I've written 50,000 words of fan fiction. That was super easy. Um, And so I finished the outline, and I moved on to the writing, thinking it was not going to be as hard. And then the writing was so, so hard. Oh, my God. Like, it, like, Mm -hmm. really just felt like, like cutting open my soul and bleeding words and it was so hard and I wrote a really crappy first draft which was editable thank god but like I it was so hard and like I shed so many tears making the outline and making the the first draft and and then I'm like okay but you know what I'm done writing and now I'm gonna get to the drawing and I came into this um this book as a trained artist Mm-hmm. rather than a writer so I'm like you know the writing was hard I'd never done it like professionally before but like I can draw basically and I can make a layout so then I approached the drawing and it was so hard wow. it was so boring and tedious and difficult and I just like I constantly felt like I was just beating my head against the wall to see if like my head would break first or the wall would break first and it was so hard that sounds hard and then I got to the and then I finished it and I got to the layout and I'm like well I'm a graphic designer um, this should be easy. And it was not easy. It was also hard. And then I got to the printing and I'm like, everything is done. <laughs> this should be easy. Like the book is finished. But like, I just had 500 spelling mistakes in the copy. And I accidentally sent the, sent the printer a PDF with eight missing pages and it was awful. 
and I missed every deadline. And at the end of it, I had this really meaningful book. And it was really hard, and I was unhappy for so much of it. And I'm not saying that, like, that if you're in a relationship that's making you unhappy, mm-hmm. that you should stick with it. But I don't think easiness is the same as meaningfulness mm-hmm. and the guarantee that it's going to work out. Um, and I don't think difficulty is a guarantee that it won't work out. Right. Like, I think that things can be hard, and that's okay. And I think that if you think something's supposed to be easy, you just might never find anything. Sounds like it was a, a tough process. Yes, it was. It was rough. Rough. But it's so uh, commendable that you went through it because not many people go through passion projects and like finish them and come out with something on the other end. Like you did this, and like you're so young, and there's so much ahead ah, of you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And. I'm just happy that I was able to be a part of it by reading it. Well, thank you so much for reading it. I'm so happy to share it with you. Yeah. I always like to end off my podcast, and maybe this is redundant, maybe it's not, with a piece of advice for those stuck in the crux of dating, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that my advice would be to be compassionate to people who you're going out with, uh, be compassionate to yourself, and... Those things might not help you get married, but they will help you be a better, happier person. Good. Well, that's great. I think that that about sums it up. Esty, thank you so much for being on this week's episode of That's So Quetch. Thank you so much for having me. I hope that you guys all have a great Purim. I wish you all a week of strength and just (laughs) pushing through everything that's going on in our world right now. Amen. Thank you.